Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. Today, we have another exclusive interview with Leighton Webb, a.k.a. LSJIO7, a OG in the Ravencoin community. Today, we're going to talk about the Raven Angels, which he is a founder of. And with that said, enjoy the podcast. Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Blockchain John, with my co-host, Jake Jabarelli, to give you this exclusive interview with LSJIO7, a.k.a. Leighton Webb. Welcome, Leighton. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. So before we get to, uh, I guess, your your background prior to crypto, I always like to ask a um, an icebreaker question. And the icebreaker question of the day is, aside from Ravencoin, because that's primarily what you hear about, what is your all-time favorite crypto and why? Leighton? I like, yeah, I'm here. Um, I like uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Yeah. And, it's, and, um, and why is that? I like Bitcoin just because it, of obviously the size of the network. It's first. The UTXO structure and the way that you can allocate value without using anyone else. Mm, very nice. So, okay, good, perfect. Now, for the folks that don't know, Leighton was actually here 16 hours ago because we got our time zones mixed up. And I appreciate Leighton you being there, but it was in the middle of the night when you're, when you're pinging me. Or else we could have recorded a midnight show. There was, actually, we did do a little meetup afterwards, which was nice that the whole community came together and, and did, uh, uh, I guess, uh, a midnight discussion on Ravencoin. And we got into some really nitty-gritty stuff. So... If you guys are interested in that, uh, that are watching or listening, you guys can meet, uh, connect with us in Twitter. Twitter Spaces, that's a new thing. That's where we've been uh, doing our meetups, which is really cool. Leighton, LSJIO7, is the founder of Raven Angels Community. He's a husband, father, and protector. I'm kind of curious why you put that there, protector. Um, you're also a hobby economist, right? Um, and what else? You uh, are working on Ravencoin. Right. Yeah. Perfect. So I'm a community member of Ravencoin, and I've been involved since uh, I found out about the project, which was um, a month or two after launch, and just working with them because I really like the project and and where they're going and the the ethos of it. Perfect. Um, so before we move too much forward into that, I always like to ask my first time guest um, on the podcast is what did you do prior to you learning about crypto um anything crypto what was your background prior to that your history your personal history give a Uh, a picture picture uh i was a person that was from a second or third world country that moved over to a first world country and uh, got educated I went to college and university and got into engineering and uh, I was pretty successful at that and went all the way from working uh, with my hands uh, for companies all, all the way through to eventually running my own company. And that's what uh, you did. And that was, 
Uh, that's what I'm doing now. Um, it's not an engineering company, but it's a company that I'm running because I want to test my ideas on Ravencoin. Interesting. And, and since you were one of the early uh, adopters of Ravencoin, you've stuck with it ever since. Have you tried looking at other uh, projects out there? Uh, yes, I have tried looking at other, other projects, and I, I do have an interest in other projects just because um, it's, in my opinion, um, projects are good at different things. So uh, I, I just, I, I like to use the best tool for the job. So Ravencoin uh, can be a really good ledger, but other projects can be really good at other providing other functions, other services. Nice. I, I still want to move a little back. You said you, you moved from a third world country to a first world country. How old were you when when this happened? And was it your sole decision or was it uh, when you were very young and it was a transition with, with your parents? Uh, it was a transition with my parents when I was um, low teens uh, because it was just getting really, really dodgy security-wise. And my family had several uh, incidents where their, their safety was compromised. So they decided to move. So definitely, I would recommend you giving a shout out to moms, uh, moms and dads, right? <laughs> Mama, dada, yeah. good job. All right. And now you're obviously uh, part of the Ravencoin community. So we're going to get talking to uh, about that. You got a lot of people admire you, LSJI7, of being one, like you said, you, you, you're one of those first people that adopted uh, Ravencoin early on. And you're always, you're very proactive in, in, in discussions and in development in just the general community. You're out there everywhere. I see that everywhere. Um, you're very involved and you have a big passion for Ravencoin, but are you a developer of the Ravencoin no. project? <laughs> I, I, I'll say pretty explicitly no, <laughs> purely because um, I am massively interested in the value proposition that blockchain can enable. And with my history in business and um, with seeing what countries can be like um, when they don't have great um, organization, when they don't have reliable ledgers, um, uh, I'm massively interested in getting um, business and peoples uh, aware of um, blockchain as a technology that can improve their lives because um, there's there's a lot of um, scams out there. There's a, a lot of people concerned that they're gonna um, make mistakes uh, getting on, getting involved in crypto for the first time, and it's it's just really I want to try and help people um, not make those mistakes because some of them are no doubt mistakes I've made and that other people in the community have made. So it's it's just really wanting to help people. Beautiful, and that's why I really appreciate you coming onto the podcast to talk about uh, uh, talk about this. Uh, you do have husband, father, and protector. And I was asking earlier, um, what what is, what does that protector mean to you? You put that in your uh, description. To me, yeah, I put it in my description just because for me, family is one of the most important things. Um, it's 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 one of those non non negotiable things. If uh, my family isn't looked after, then uh, I, yeah, you, you you don't function as a person and to um, do what you need to do in your life. 
So it's and that that support group is really important as well. So I mean, p- people talk a lot about mental health and and stuff like that, and making sure that my support, my family is in place and looked after is really important to me. You're the first person on the podcast to actually bring up mental health. Mental health in crypto is actually a real thing, right? There's actually people that have uh, already in the crypto history, in the short span of this crypto history, that have already committed suicide, have already committed uh, crimes against other people's for, for their private keys or for their own crypto or for doing uh, bad um, uh, swa- or swaps, uh, exchanges, uh, trying to trying to gamble with crypto. Uh, that's the reality that's going on with crypto when you're too deep in it. Uh, and, and people don't talk about that. And I'm glad you brought that up, mental health, because... This is just the beginning of a stigma that's going to, to be attached on the back end of crypto. So I do want to bring this up. If you know anything in regards to this, I would like you to talk about this if you can. Well, it's um, uh, to be honest, mental health for me is, re- is really important because I know that firsthand what depression and anxiety and stuff can do to a person. And... That's why my support group is really valuable to me. So when necessary, I've I've had to take steps to like step back and like take two or three months out, go away, don't don't do anything Ravencoin, um, readjust what you're what I'm doing for work, um, make sure that I can continue to function, and that's why my family is really important to me. So it it, it make it enables me to function, and I know that. So. I protect them and they protect me. <laughs> Beautiful. So you did mention that it's you take about a month or two off if you're too deep in it. Is this a recommendation you can make to other people that are just too far into uh, emotionally, emotionally involved in crypto that's already affecting their mental health or staying up? They're, they're over-caffeinated per se. Uh, they're, they're starting to um, um, have bad relationships with, with their partners, with their families, with their uh, uh, co-workers? Oh, yeah, massively. Um, I would definitely recommend having a break because um, value in the world uh, is replaceable. Um, your life and your family are not. They are unique. That There's nothing that can replace them. Beautiful. Beautifully said. I love that, man. I'm so happy you brought that up. Like, like I said, you are the first one to bring up mental health, uh, and you. I don't know if you wanted to really go down that that rabbit hole, but I. I but I took no. you down that rabbit hole because uh, it's something that I've been wanting to talk about, but I haven't found anybody really in the podcast. And you're the first one to actually bring that up. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Now, now, Ellis, you're the first one on the record. Here you go. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, so keep in mind to the community out there if you are struggling uh, emotionally with crypto if you're too if you're too involved if you ended up dumping your 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 entire finances which you should not do you know just a small little small little piece of of your income should be going into profit in in my opinion obviously not financial advice but i think that's the best way to play play the game don't go don't go all the ways in right all right let's talk about ravencoin actually uh jake do you have any questions before we move over to ravencoin 
Not yet. It's good and good to listen. And just as a note, as we have already pointed out, <clears throat> this is not financial advice. It's a podcast and the host buy in is all entertain entertainment purposes only. And uh, we can't offer financial advice here because we're not accredited. So please do not take this as just for entertainment. That is a relief. <laughs> Beautifully said. Right, let's let's talk about Ravencoin. You've been there pretty much since the beginning, right? You've got to see the ups, the downs, the, the good, the bad, the beautiful, and the ugly. Anything and everything, you've been there through the thick and the thin. Early on, Ravencoin went through several transitions with their algorithm, right? How was that with the community to make those decisions to transition from one algorithm to the next and why? Okay, first answer why, because I think that's more important than anything. Why did Ravencoin make that transition from one algorithm, which was X16, uh, was it X16R, correct? Yeah, it was X6, X16R initially, and then we went to X16RV2, and then it was a jump to Kapow, which is the algorithm they're on at the moment. So there was uh, two hard forks specifically for uh, the algorithm. Um, it was brutal, <laughs> absolutely brutal. Um, the the discussions going on uh, around the the forks and, and and the reasoning for them especially around the algorithm it was people wanting to protect ravencoin mostly and it's just people protect things in different ways um i, I honestly think that everyone in the community wanted to protect ravencoin um but it's just the best way to do that you don't really know until um, you've got a couple of good options and you get them tested out, coded up and get the best ones to the table. Ellis, you said, uh, protect Ravencoin, protect Ravencoin from what is the question? A lot of the time is protecting Ravencoin from yourself <laughs> because the, the tendency is to centralize stuff because it makes things so much easier. I mean, it's it's a lot easier if you can sit there and go, well, today I, I'm getting a wage, I'm getting a, a paycheck for, for working on this project, Ravencoin, and um, I know that's going to come in for the next two or three years because the there's a dev fee that's on chain that's going to kind of pay my wages, and that that that's easy. Was <laughs> that's that really easy? Was but that it, was that a thing? At one point, it was a thing where there was potential for that. Mm, right. um, and, and it was, it was never something that was adopted. Okay. Now, it, but it, it was something that was, shall we say, discussed because um, early on, um, the Ravencoin project was uh, really, really amazingly supported by a company who donated uh, development work, uh, and that was obviously Medici uh, and part of overstock etc and that's where obviously Hatron got involved um uh, and that was a massive a massive boost for ravencoin because the de development was happening and there, there was people who were paid to be working on it even though it was donated and it was and everything so when there was potential that that would stop 
um, the discussions started happening about uh, how, how, how did they get paid? Uh, and that can be quite brutal in to, because you're talking about someone's income. Uh, mm. you, you, you can almost feel like, well, it's nasty. You, you, you're taking away someone's income. Right. <laughs> but it can't be thinking, can't be thinking like that. Um, yeah. Ha- the best. Sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Well, the, the best security for blockchain is to be decentralized uh, and open source and follow, uh, in my opinion, to follow Bitcoin's model as closely as possible. Um, in my opinion, Ravencoin's done that as far as possible. Um, there's certain things that Ravencoin couldn't maintain because it came out at a different time to Bitcoin and there was there's different like um, technological Im- stuff that happened so like gpus for mining were, were a thing and the difficulty algorithm needed changing because of that technical advancement to make the ravencoin network more stable uh, and things like that and it's a, a lot of the community decisions i think were were mostly right a lot of the time they made really good decisions from a decentralization point of view um there's some decisions that you you look back at and go, well, maybe that's the best option at the time, but we could have maybe made a, a, a better decision. But it's the uh, that's the gl- glory of hindsight. <laughs> hmm. Now, uh, like you said, the algorithm has been changed uh, on multiple occasions, and this was to detach from um, uh, allowing ASICs to be utilized on on the network. Correct. Yes. So the, the idea for Ravencoin was um, to make the distribution fair and using ASIC miners and having the distribution unfairly weighted towards ASIC miners. It's just, um, it doesn't fit with the initial white paper of Ravencoin, but also the community's desire for uh, distribution to be fair and spread across as many people as possible. Beautiful. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. There, there's one thing I don't really know much about, and I'm hoping you can shine a little light on this, uh, just because th- this per- part of the history of Ravecoin, I wasn't there. Uh, it, it's Medici and Overstock. Can you talk a little bit about them? Because you were there pretty much when, when they were developing on Ravencoin. Um, early doors, they were uh, an absolutely... Amazing the the development team. Um, so the the obviously Tron and uh, several of the developers um, contributed to the code and and developed that. Um, because what what um, Medici and Overstock were doing is they were giving developers free reign to work on free open source software, and the developers could choose what they wanted to work on. Uh, and that was how Tron got involved because he was obviously massively interested in Bitcoin. <laughs> so he's a Bitcoiner and he's also a businessman. So taking tokens and applying them to a Bitcoin model, uh, a blockchain, it was ideal for him. So, so that's how that kind of kicked off and, and got into place. I mean, there's a lot of... For me, it, it almost feels like a bit of noise. Um, people create a lot of noise around um, Patrick Byrne 
uh, as being as he was leading Overstock at the time, being C- uh, CEO, and um, Bruce Benson. Um, Bruce, did, in my opinion, did an amazing thing when he just gave away the idea for Ravencoin. Um, that was, uh, in my opinion, absolutely epic. Um, and then getting someone like Patrick Byrne, who at the time was obviously massively interested in blockchain, but also wanted to kind of develop more things around security tokens uh, and, and getting some of their development team interested in free open source software like Ravencoin and the idea behind it. I, I think that was just amazing, especially in a climate where blockchain developers are exceedingly hard to kind of get hold of. So that's a, that was really, really yeah, fortuitous. And I, I, you know, some people, you, you see some people and they, they just tend to always land on their feet. And you're like, how the heck do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, for, for me, watching Ravencoin, it was just, yeah, I'm sure there's obviously stuff going on that people were um, trying so, their best to get, go on. And now they're they're no longer Overstock and Medici are no longer uh, affiliated. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Affiliated with Ravencoin, correct? Yeah. So, um, what they did is they gave um uh, an amount of funding to set up a foundation, uh, and I believe that was a one-off payment. Um, I think initially it was going to be more, etc. But yeah, they they decided they will, they wanted to step away from the project and in my opinion that's absolutely awesome because um too much association with a company that is involved in the STO space like Medici and Caesar and stuff like that is in my opinion is is bad for Ravencoins um so now image that, yeah, i think of a better way to describe that mm-hmm. and now that they're out of this is don't you think there might be a little concerns considering that they were the early ones to touch the the ravencoin code that there might be some type of uh, uh bad code injected into uh ravencoin i mean considering that this is a corporate company it's i mean who knows i mean you're if you got a big company up there on the top paying a lot of money to these developers and you kind of shoulder tap somebody saying, hey, I want you to put this code in there, you know, is it possible? It's always possible, right? Oh, yeah. I'm never going to say something's not possible. <laughs> but that is the beauty of open source code. The code that people run is there. It's everyone can see it. You can go and check it line by line. Uh, it's based off Bitcoin's code, so you can actually take it and you can go and compare it to Bitcoin's code if you wanted to. And it's it's all the changes are all logged; they're all there. The history of all the changes that have ever been made. I mean, people write code, so people um, attack things. People write bad code. People get tired; they, they do typos. Um, and having Free open source code means that there's more eyes on it. Now, it means that there can be more eyes on it. Doesn't mean that people are looking at it. So, for me, in my point of view, I always want more developers to be looking at Ravencoin. If you are a developer and you want to work on a blockchain project that is like Bitcoin, 
that has improved on some of the features of like UTXO and added digital tokens, have a look. It's free. You can just go into GitHub, look at Ravencoin, and everything's there in the GitHub, and you can you can go through section by section and, and see all the code and how it's been done up to now, and change it, and fork it, and make it yours. Uh, if you don't like something, change it. I mean, if, if the, there's, I mean, nothing, in my opinion, is absolutely perfect in the way that you want it. And there can always be improvements. So what I am wanting more than anything is developers and people to test Ravencoin and say, oh, do you know what? We don't like that. Oh, yeah, we like that. We don't like that. That, that, that really doesn't work for this use case. And just start discussions about what they do and don't like. And then the Ravencoin wallet, the core wallet, um, I mean, I would love to have other wallets out there where other developers are going, do you know what, the core wallet's great, but it's no good for like issuing an NFT easily. I, I want to be able to issue an NFT and like generate 600 of them in like five seconds. I, I want to be able to do that. So why can't I do that? I want to make a wallet that'll do that for me. And that would be amazing. Um, it falls into like what people will use. So if someone wants to develop that and, and make that, that would be amazing. I mean, another one is um, one of the, the nice links, sorry, that Ravencoin, I mean, I could talk about this all day, so I don't want to just like waste your time, but there's like links to IPFS and there's potential for messaging. And if you could build a wallet that connects with messaging, and oh, it's the, there's so much potential for, for what um, the technology can enable. All right, let's talk about P2SH, and, uh, a.k.a. Segregated Witness, because that is a thing that's currently on uh, Ravencoin Testnet, right? And uh, pretty much the whole community and the yep. development team is really focused on trying to get uh, P2SH SegWit uh, fully activated on, on main chain. Um, and it's been, it's been a long time, and there's been a lot of concerns about it. We did actually talk about this a little bit last night, but... Uh, in layman terms, can you explain to the viewers and listeners what SegWit will do for the uh, Ravencoin project? Um, well, SegWit, um, what it does is it takes your transaction. So when you send some Ravencoin or you send an asset, uh, it takes the transaction. And normally there would be a signature that allows that transaction to happen. So it takes it from being a uh, private key and essentially changes it so that that transaction can get paid with a script. Uh, and that script can then allow more complicated functions to, to go on in the background that can then open up some functionality that can enable things like a uh, atomic swap or atomic asset swap, which is like on Ravencoin to a Ravencoin asset or a cross-chain atomic swap to other chains so you could go and say uh, exchange a Ravencoin asset that you've created for another chain, another chains, another blockchain's token, uh, or the the standard kind of functionality that Peter that SegWit would enable is um, like a, a multi-sig address, so you can have multiple people sign a transaction or redeem a transaction. Beautiful, uh, Jake. Did that make sense? Do you think that's acceptable enough for the the person that's not into uh, crypto to uh, clearly understand what that is? Um, I was actually going to, uh, yeah, well, I was not so much inquire on, on the Go explanation, ahead. but it, it, the thing that I was going to make a point was 
part of the conversation we had last night at midnight um, <laughs> that I was randomly pulled into. Um, the uh, we guys went into a lot of different detail, a lot of different things that are that are important to Ravencoin. Maybe let me put it exactly. Unless you're already in the community, it may not make as much sense to a to a, a new person coming into the concept of what you know Ravencoin can do for the world um, and what it's already doing to some degree. Um, it's it's somewhat of a, a finance technical level. Uh, I am familiar with this, so I'm, it's not that difficult for me. But I'd say for the new person, it's very difficult to comprehend. Um, however, and this is what I keep trying to think of whenever we talk about these things, is what's the simple example of what's really going on here? Um, because I taught classes for a long time, in particular classes on technical uh, activities, and people asked me to teach classes on, on IT many years ago, and I had to think of ways to simplify the concepts down into something that someone would understand on a daily basis. I used to be a tutor as well. And uh, multi-sig thing is something that not a whole lot of people are going to be necessarily using, but a good example I keep thinking of when it comes to uh, multi-sig is people living in a house. Uh, if you if it's you and, and your spouse, you probably both have a key. Um, to the house, but if you and your kids, you probably all have keys to the house. Um, Multi-sig, it's not necessarily that you're all going to be, um, you know, locking. You're all going to be locking and unlocking the doors of the house, but you don't need to lock them all at the same time. <laughs> and that's kind of what multi-sig ends, ends up enabling. If you all had to leave the house at the same time, or in order to get into the house, had to all be there simultaneously to unlock the door, then that would be a, a close equivalent to multi-sig concept for an asset. Now, home is an asset, but typically we travel independently in and out of the house. Not, I mean, maybe you go with your mom or maybe you go with your dad as a kid, um, but it's usually the mom or the dad who's doing the, the, the locking and unlocking of the house um, or maybe just going through the garage if you have one. Um, but if you had to all be there simultaneously with each of your own individual unique keys that all technically unlock the house, that is a way of looking at multi-sig. It's, oh, we all have our unique permission to get into this house, but we all have ownership, or at least permission, to this house, and we all need to simultaneously um, contribute to that permission. You said, and in daily life, it's not something people would probably necessarily recognize as a value. The only thing I can think of is maybe a, a safety deposit box would be a good example in, in what people might use, but in children and you know normal everyday people, not everyone has a safety deposit box or maybe a safe or something and had more than one key. All of us have to bring our keys at the same time and unlock the safe at the same time or unlock the safety deposit box. But um, yeah, it's- I don't know. I, I like where you're going with the uh, house analogy, just because right. um, a, a lot of houses are kind of moving to more of a, a digital frontier. So a lot of the locks tend to be digital. So they, they carry around little fobs and tokens or, um, well, uh, but the multi the multi sig thing is is not just that um, because like I said before with with a home it's usually one person enters per at, at a time and you all have access to it but with multi sig you're you're literally asking for multiple people to simultaneously be um, well uh, not necessarily signing for that's, the for the access that, that, yeah not necessarily that's like um, 
it depends what kind of multi-sig it is. So like you could have a 105 and then anybody in those five can then go and unlock that uh, that door and, and, and get in. Um, so it's just okay. a script that applies some logic to what you want to then happen afterwards. Okay, I, I guess maybe I was mistaking. I thought that the idea of multi-sig was that you all had to simultaneously sign as opposed to just one person at a time. No. But yeah, it basically no. the home analogy is that everybody has access they have their own key they can all individually get into the home or out of the home i i can kind of just go a little more into uh, you have the right idea i would just say that let's say dad opens opens the uh the house and imagine dad mom and the and two or three kids um are everyone's a transaction right you just need that one person dad to unlock the door and then everyone is batched together as a in, into a block per se that's the trans that's the the transaction that dad is opening the door you, you can have one you know or like you said you can also uh, modify that and go to a, a bank safe right a vault and use two or three different keys <clears throat> it depends on how you modify it but say what gives you that that ability that option to to modify it per se and you can batch a lot of things together with just a single transaction or multiple transactions. I mean, the, the, the easiest way that I've kind of had of thinking about this is uh, if you, it, it's, it's less about, for, for me, it's, it's about who's redeeming the, the script. So like nothing really, the, the, the person who's sending the funds or the doing initiating the transaction doesn't really have a great deal to do uh, until the the guys who receive it um, actually start to process the transaction, um, which is it sounds like it's back to front, but it's just the way the, the the tech works because if you do it that way around, you can guarantee that the the funds are in place before the contract or the logic on chain kind of gets executed or the script, if you prefer that. All right, let's talk about um, NFTs and UTXOs. Um, NFTs just hit a 10x recently in, in creating assets on the Ravencoin network. I th what was it? I think it was uh, one month in comparison to tw 12 months. Was it? Was that what it was? There was a tweet out like that. Can you guys check that up yeah, real quick? Yeah, the, the, the spike was insane. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. Of activity. Yeah. Let's see if I have it here. I don't have it here. That's unfortunate. Okay, but yeah, it was insane. It was like uh, like twelve months. You you have like uh, sixteen thousand assets created, and then all of a sudden, like in ten days, you have sixteen thousand assets created. So it was it's insane. It's insane what's going on with Ravencoin right now. Everybody and their grannies creating assets. I've seen uh, yeah. a lot of good stuff, and a lot of uh, in, in my. For me, I'm gonna say there's not there's some stuff that in there on 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 Ravencoin that's not the best of the best. I guess now we can call like different types of classes. There's like triple A uh, uh, assets, grade, right? <laughs> and then you, super grade. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, we should start doing that, having different types of grade levels on on assets. Uh, and then there's like <laughs> um, scam coin. That's that's one of the one of the craziest worst ones out there, but it works. It works, you know. Solus actually did a pretty good job at marketing that thing. Um, yeah, shout out to Solus out there. UTXOs and NFTs. 
um, that is a very unique feature on Ravencoin that currently, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, currently there is no other um, uh, product out there that makes it so easy to create assets on, an, on a uh, product like Ravencoin. Yeah, as far as I know, it's Ravencoin is one of the easiest to actually get a NFT or unique asset uh, minted, uh, made and done uh, and straight into circulation. It's really, really straightforward. Can you uh, explain the difference of creating an asset um, um, as a UTXO versus a smart contract ERC-20? Okay, so um, I'll start with uh the erc so normally the erc is the erc721 and the way you construct <laughs> the way you construct the um smart contract is is normally so that well the special thing about smart contracts is that the smart contract actually holds and controls the nft so when uh someone uh potentially buys an NFT from a smart contract, the, the NFT would get minted, potentially, if it's a generative type NFT, it would get added into the smart contract. But the actual NFT that gets minted would still live in the smart contract. So the it would just get simply assigned to a Ethereum address. Uh, that is your address if you're the, the buyer or owner, etc., which is awesome. Um, with Ravencoin, it's a little bit different. Um, so, when you issue and create a NFT, and there's a few different ways to do it, uh, as in how you can construct them and organize them. But in general, it costs five Raven to burn. And, but the way it gets made on Ravencoin is it actually creates the token's own UTXO uh, database. Uh, so it's got its own history um, that can actually get sent uh, like Ravencoin or like a Bitcoin to another person's address. So they actually can take receipt of the token rather than it living in the smart contract where, yes, you own it because it's assigned to you or issued to you. Um, but in some people's opinion, that's not true ownership. So, yeah, Ravencoin is special in that regard. Right, because smart contracts um, can only work if the EVM is worked, if the Ethereum virtual machine is, um, is is working, right? You can have Ethereum, but if you don't have the Ethereum virtual machine to actually activate those smart contracts on, then you're not, you don't really have a use case or you, you can't utilize those those assets, uh, those ERC-721s, right? But yeah, when you, it can't, comes you to, can't change the contract. Right. But when it comes to um, uh, UTXOs on a uh, chain like uh, like Ravencoin, you, there's, you can do whatever you want. I mean, it's, it's built within the, the core. Unless you destroy the entire project, that's the only way you're going to get rid of those assets, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the only way that I, I know of to get rid of assets um, is not create them in the first place or burn them, send them to an address that nobody has access to. Yeah. Um, that is the only way you can get rid of those UTXOs. And even then, it's not really getting rid of it. It's sitting in a bin somewhere 
it's the, the train still tracks it and keeps track of it it's still right. doing its job it's just no one can access it right if you want you can send them to my address that's okay if you don't want them i'll take them <laughs> <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about raven angels uh community that's your that's your uh baby project right you are the founder of raven angel community what is this what's going on with this uh, what I found is when I came into the Ravencoin community, it was pretty small. Um, and by small, I wouldn't say that it was low quality. The people there really, really helped explain um, some of the ideas, some of the uh, tech. Because for me, uh, I was a bit of a an absolute uh, noob. <laughs> so they explained the concepts and showed how things worked and uh, we looked at other chains and how they worked and went through the, the white paper and said, all right, well, this is a good idea. This is not a, such a good idea. Um, and the community educated each other. So what Raven Angels is, is it's a community for Ravencoiners uh, and Ravencoiners who want to help other people. And, and, and this is not just a uh, Ravencoin is uh, want to help themselves. Um, it's a place for people to learn about blockchain and get resources about blockchain. Now, it's completely community-based. So people in Ravencoin, um, a, a lot of the, the names that you know from the Ravencoin community are Raven Angels. Um, some of them are legendary just because of the work that they've done. Some of the projects that they've done, they're, they're just first. Um, so they are, they've, they've got some leg legendary uh, tokens for the, for the membership. And it's, it's really an educational drive for me because I want people to be able to come to a place that isn't covered in um, memes <laughs> right. uh, and find a place to actually educate themselves about Ravencoin and what's possible. Um, especially with interconnecting to other chains, like chains that enable automation like Ethereum and can help automate value. And yeah, and this Ravencoin is an absolutely amazing ledger. So in my opinion, people would be crazy not to create their assets on Ravencoin, but other projects are really good at manipulating value and they've got awesome exchanges and um, ways of like DeFi uh, automation and smart contracts are a lot with solidarity and stuff like that you can create a far more complex system that in my opinion Ravencoin can then go and tap into but then people can always move between chains so that's ideally for me what I want to see happening, um, but it needs education for people, and it needs we, we need to make things easy. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what I'm trying to do. So I've got some developers for Ravencoin that are, are spending time working on it, and we're just looking at how to make things easy, but educate the community on some of the best practices and ways to do things, and just avoid the issues that some of us made in the first place. <laughs> Can you? Can, sometimes you, the problems are massive, but sometimes they're tiny. <laughs> mm -hmm. Are you able to screen share for us what uh, Raven Angels is? Do you have Do you have a little uh, website or something? 
Um, the, there's a website, but uh, I mean, one of the places that I've got up at the moment is uh, the Raven Angels Discord. So I'll just share Beautiful. screen at the moment. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Please. Uh, now, so, is there a membership feed to uh, be part of the Raven Angels? So, at the moment, uh, I've I've said for the first uh, for the next hundred people who join, they'll get uh, a free Ravencoin members token. Um, okay, so, so my okay, plan so th was to actually charge um, a hundred uh, Raven to access the Discord. Uh, and that's just a fee that's going to go towards Ravencoin development and uh, some marketing because there is no marketing department, so there's no funds for that. So I'd like to get some uh, some community funds together to to fund that by providing a bit of a service. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what you're looking at there? Yeah. Can you see my screen? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what you're looking at there is just a chart that's in um, Ravencoin. Sorry, Raven Angels. Uh, at the moment, where uh, just finding out a bit more about P2SH <laughs> and getting resources together for the community. And uh, basically, one of the ideas that we need to start working on is um, about P2SH scripts uh, and using them for NFT marketplaces. And um, because there's a bit of a not a trust issue, but um, the way that prices work for NFTs. Uh, at the moment, they're not on uh, chain, so we're, we're trying to find a way to get the uh, prices uh, recorded on chain, but also so that the marketplaces can uh, fund themselves with their fees. So we, we don't want to be taking things away from marketplaces because they do their work in getting people together with the buyers and the, the sellers, but um, we also need a trusted record of what the prices are for the NFTs. So if we can use Peter to a stage to kind of decide if that's possible, um, that's one of the things that I'm trying to nice. look at at the moment and, nice. and improve on for Raven Coiners. I see you have some legitimate. I see you have some legitimate folks in your folks group. Hype man, Dov, Hype man, Jaraz, MK, MK, Nomprofit, Robbie, Raven Six, Crypto Life Crisis. Yeah, well, it's um, yeah, it's it's growing. Um, it's just. What I'm interested in is I'm interested in people who want to help other Ravencoiners, but also people who have got um, issues that they can't necessarily sort out themselves. We just want to help people on Ravencoin. So um, when you, if, if you find the Discord link from Twitter or um, wherever you may find it, um, there's a place and there's a general chat where it's, it's never ever going to be like paywalled or anything like that because that's not, how I want it to work, uh, that ability to get help on Ravencoin, even because there's, there's other discords out there, there's community discords for Ravencoin, and they are awesome, but they're a bit noisy. And you can sometimes have issues with scammers and, and stuff like that if you try them, then direct message you. So what, we're what we're aiming to do is just make it a bit safer for people who want to get in touch and sort out their issues but speak to people who know what they're talking about and um, know what could be the issue for, for those users. And we're targeting Ravencoin specifically, but it, it's blockchain-related stuff. And so if we can help people, we will. Beautiful. Beautiful. Jake, do you have anything? Jake, do you have anything? 
Sorry, it was muted. Sorry, it was muted. Um, can you guys hear me okay? Um, can you guys yeah. hear me okay? Uh, yes. Uh, LS, can you exit that? LS, please? can you exit We're that? Some, uh, feedback. Yeah. We're getting some uh, feedback loop. Yeah, sorry. Perfect. Sorted. Yeah, go ahead. Jake? No, it's all, all done. Sorry, you just did just there a little bit. Jake, did you have anything? I don't have anything. It was it was good to hear what you guys were talking about. It's it's um I shouldn't say it's all new to me. It's definitely not, but it's still good to be to hear it reiterated and confirmed. It, it enhances my comprehension of what's really being said and what's really happening. So. Right. Ellis, obviously, um, P2SH is coming out. When's when's your idea, your experience as you've been seeing this? development progress uh, I guess on a daily basis when are we expecting that to uh, to happen what's your expectation uh, I, I, I was hoping like two weeks ago we'd have some uh, unsigned binaries out so where we are at the moment is we've got some um, we've got a 4.7 wallet that's uh, available to testers uh, it works on mainnet and it works on testnet and it's in testing uh, it's been thoroughly audited, um, <laughs> which some people may debate, <laughs> just because of the, uh, the people have questions about how the, the audits are done, and it's always hard to do that with software. So it's uh, it's good questions that people are asking. Uh, so, but the code is good, right? Is available. Sorry. The code is good. Yeah, the code the, the code is good. Um, what I would love to see is more people testing. Um, so people just going on to GitHub uh, and downloading uh, 4.7 and, and seeing the code and just looking at the, the user interface and going, do you know what, that looks that looks a bit funny on my monitor because uh, some of the issues were that PRs or some changes that have been made to the code are around like high DPI monitors, so it just looks better and doesn't get all jumbled and horrible looking. Um, so yeah, there's the stuff that people can do just by starting up the wallet, having a look at it and going, oh, do you know what? That works for me. Uh, I'm on Linux. Uh, and just leave a comment in GitHub to say, I've tested on Linux that the high DPI wallet looks good. And literally, that's that, that would be amazing to see from more community members. Um, if you're on Windows, go for it. If you are on Mac OS, go for it. Um, and it's just that the more people that would be doing that, the more confidence we'd have in the code uh, okay. because there's people running them on different systems and, and, and things are coming back as good. So somebody like me that's running an older wallet, how do I upgrade to a newer wallet to 4.7? Uh, so uh, the one of the devs who created the test, uh, I'll drop a link. Uh, I'll DM you a link, but because uh, it's in one of the uh, development channels in one of the discords, so it's it's a link that is made by a developer called Fdov or Fdoving on GitHub, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll drop you a link so you so you can add it if you want. But it, literally, if you there's several um, packages on the the link. And there's also a small explainer of what needs testing. So you can have a good look at what needs 
what you, you can look at once it's uh, downloaded and working. But if you've installed a Ravencoin wallet, this literally is, uh, it will install over the top of it. So what I would personally recommend is copy your wallet uh, to a different location, um, secure yourself, um, all the good security practices. Uh, and then maybe or install it in a different location if you're, if you're comfortable doing that. So there's a lot of, um, I guess, scams out there and, and people cloning the wallet and saying that this is the, the true version of Ravencoin. How can a person know which is true when they're obviously seeing this on their social media? Hey, download this newest version, 4.3.2.1 uh, of Ravencoin. You know, when I said I was going to DM you it, right? No, <laughs> don't trust I'm... people who DM you the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> right. That that's the basis. It, I, I would not trust any um, links that people sent through to me just because links can get uh, messed about with. So I would expect uh, a link that it is genuine to direct me back to Ravencoin Project uh, on GitHub, uh, and that would be the correct source. Okay. Um, so when it comes to in four, general, when it comes to 4.7, who's the developer for, or who's taking credit for 4.7? So when I actually go search it and I find the developer's name attached to 4.7 wallet, I know that this is the, one of the trusted wallets out there. So FDOG has a release that's available, um, hey, Jay, but it you, is a team. I would say it is a team development effort he's just put the binaries out there and made them available on his github so that uh, the community in general doesn't get confused because it is still software that requires testing okay 4.7 nice we got to get a bunch of tweets out about that get some more testing all right i think we're going to wrap it up uh, unless you got something jake i know you like mining you're into mining um, are you, are you going to consider mining, uh, so Ra Ravencoin, Jake? Mm, it's never been, well, it's not true. I did mine Ravencoin for quite some time, uh, when I first discovered it, what, two years ago. Um, and it's not like the network has gone up a lot, not nearly as much as Ethereum has gone up. I'm still mining Ethereum, ironically. Um, my problem with Raven, and it's, maybe it's just, I haven't found anything in the Raven community that's taught me how to do it, but Raven is really harsh. The algorithm is really, really harsh on GPUs, and so it tends to make the... It runs hot. It runs extremely hot, yes. Um, yeah. And I have a different coin that I run on a regular basis that runs extremely cool, and I much prefer it. So it's not that I don't support the Raven community, I just don't like mining it. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. The The Kapow algorithm is, is doing its job. Uh, that's what I kind of hear there, because... It's, it's the kind of purpose of Kapow is to make every element of a GPU work at its absolute hardest. Uh, and that's what prevents people from easily making an ASIC. Essentially, they'd have to replicate a GPU. Um, so that, that tells me it's work, it's working. But I, I know what you're saying. It does run hard. Uh, there, there's a couple of tricks, obviously. You can reduce the power level, et cetera, et cetera. But you, you, you lose your hash a bit. So. Yeah, I know. There's one of the things I actually do. On, since my miners are, or my GPUs are really old, I'm, uh, they're still within the bandwidth, right, for the, for the, uh, uh, they haven't exceeded the, um, RAM capacity like Ethereum has, but, uh, the DAG file is not too large yet on Raven, um, but, uh, I, 
it, it just makes it just means it, it, well there's two factors one if you allow it to run hot you're more likely going to destroy your equipment faster or it means you have to provide more cooling and that takes away from the power or the cost that you're using to mine the ravencoin so i'm not saying ravencoin although ethereum is still more profitable than ravencoin is for any one miner and there are obviously people who are mining because they want ravencoin but um, for a very short time, and then when Ravencoin was going up really high in value, I think it hit like 29 or 25 cents uh, a coin, which is very high. Um, it was competing directly with Ethereum on uh, for for uh, miners. Miners were actually, hey, Ravencoin, this might be a good idea. <laughs> but then, of course, once uh, uh, Ethereum goes completely proof of stake, then Ravencoin will be one of those contenders again. Yeah, I mean, um, one of the things I've kind of been watching is how Ethereum... Um, it, it, the hash rate and that kind of kind of varies with the announcements and the the feeling that miners get from uh, Ethereum. If if the miners are thinking that are oh, they going to get a bit more time, then they all flop back to Ethereum and then the <laughs> the, the the mining kind of takes off again, uh, which I think is kind of weird because there's ASICs on there and all that, so it's still profitable. So that's the point. Go for it. Yep. Um, I would personally be mining ethereum to exchange to raven but i'm not like <laughs> i'm not going to tell people what to do <laughs> no i i have a plenty uh, plenty of raven i've had quite a lot of years and i've actually used quite a bit of it to make nfts um oh, cool and other assets and then of course for trading and i bought my own you know one of my these from from just nfts um but uh yeah. And then, of course, I've given John John a little bit of <laughs> was thinking back. What was the, the trade we made? Where I gave you like uh, I think twelve hundred. Was twelve? I think it was twelve. It was over a thousand. I don't remember exactly how much it was now. It was over a thousand Raven for a relatively small amount of money. <laughs> and then, not long after that, the price of the Raven skyrocketed, and I was like, oh, "Well, can I buy <laughs> it back?" Away. <laughs> like you know, a couple couple hundred dollars worth of Raven for like nothing. But, I mean, it is a friend. I mean, it, it's like it's not like it's. I, I'm bothered by it. It's just I funny to think it. I ended up just burning it, just creating assets out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I've I I, I do is um, for people that um, I like. Not pe There's people that in your life that uh, you really respect and they they've done they've done really well by you. So there's some people that I've stuck some raven aside for because i feel that it would be wrong not to <laughs> mm. okay i don't want to let you go yet ellis i still actually have uh, uh another question here that I, I completely forgot to ask sooner uh but we are reaching the top of the hour um okay it's in regards to the fork right obviously we're gonna have, when we have the fork there was there's always going to be two chains uh thereafter you're going to have that uh, a PTSH upgrade and that original fork going down, right? Um, yeah. In regards to our assets currently right now, how is that going to be affected when we have that fork going on? Uh, and also, how is IPF, IPFS going to interact with that fork? And also the addresses. That's another thing, the addresses. Obviously, the addresses will change on P2SH, but uh, if I'm having, uh, say, for example, uh, a, um, a QR code to an, a, a unique asset um, out uh, as, as, a, as a business stamp, right? I have a, a QR code with my original um, 
unique asset that was minted prior to uh, P2SH. Is that uh, uh, original address still going to be uh, active and, and, and usable when, uh, when the upgrade happens? I know there's a lot there, sorry. All right. Um, <laughs> it's all right. Um, so one of the things that's, that's worth noticing, worth remembering about Ravencoin is that it is a proof of work chain. So the way proof of work works is it's the, the highest or the, the longest chain or the highest value hash always wins. So in practice, when a chain is in normal operation and just running, there are very small forks that happen naturally because some people find a block here and they add to the wrong chain and, and there are very small kind of extensions and, and bits that happen uncles uh, yeah uncles and orphans and all sorts <laughs> people have all sorts of names for them so the the question about when a hard fork happens uh, on ravencoin it, it all that means is that uh, for a period of time two chains will exist until one of those chains gets a significant portion of the hash and that becomes the strongest chain and takes over. Uh, ideally, what you'd like to see in a fork is the one of the strain one of the chains wins outright, one of the forks wins outright, and the other chain dies off. Um, but on Ravencoin, uh, security wise for issuers, uh, I would say that never assume that that, that that is going to happen. But you can prepare for that as a as an asset issuer on Ravencoin uh, by deciding which chain you'll support as an issuer. So if you have created an asset and you support the P2SH fork, then all you have to do is tell your uh, token holders uh, and you could use messaging and broadcast messaging on Ravencoin if you wanted to, or just get the word out some other way. Uh, but you could tell your token holders that you are supporting the non-P2SH non or non-SegWit code, and that's what you're going to do. And that's that, that those are the tokens that are valid um, with your your business, your use case, uh, and that's how you would kind of get around that problem. Uh, because at the end of the day, those tokens are centralized around the issuer and they control uh, them and give them value. So that's how that would work. But yeah, for the, for the chain, having a fork is not always ideal. Um, the only reason to have them is to add technology and abilities and functions that make it worthwhile right. uh, and need to make them worthwhile. Right. So the expectation, my expectation, is that P2SH is going to be the strongest chain and that's going to be the main chain when when the upgrade happens. It only makes sense to go that route. Um, and when that does happen, uh, what's going to happen to our assets? So the assets um, will stay exactly the same. So no ownership changes of any assets or anything like that. Um, so with P2SH, P2SH actually exists on Ravencoin at the moment, um, but it only works with Ravencoin as a, a unit of exchange. So if you wanted to do a PTSH transaction, you can do on Raven, but it would only be with Ravencoin. So this fork is adding the ability to use P2HH addresses with assets. Um, so the way you can tell the difference is normal addresses are with a large R and the P2SH addresses are with a small R. So that's that's the difference. Like Bitcoin uses a one and a three. That's, that, that's the most straightforward way to identify them. 
perfect. Oh my God, that was that's good information right there. So you got the capital R as the uh, original, I guess, uh, uh, prior to P two S H, right? Yeah. Original, I guess. And then you uh, paid the script hash, yeah. Yeah, paid. Yeah. Well, the page script hash is the upgrade. Yeah, it's a new one, sorry. It's, a, it's the upgrade, and that's going to be with the lowercase r. Yeah. Perfect. Beautiful. Which, yeah. Now, do you know by any chance if um, IPFS is going to be affected by this upgrade when it comes to uh, the, the uh, P2SH, when this upgrade happens? Because we have all these assets are attached to IPFS. When the upgrade happens, um, is it going to affect? The, the 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 creation of assets or already what's already been created and minted no it, it shouldn't affect anything that's existing so the way um ipfs works is it's it's just or the way that rec ravencoin records the um hash uh, isn't part of the consensus changes for um to add piece of or segwit so it's not part of the code that's being edited so it's not something that's going to be changing so it's going to stay the same um, and you can issue assets in the same way. Um, the only thing that will change is that for more institutional companies, people that want multi-sig, et cetera, the way that they would go about creating an asset that they would want to share on a multi-sig address would be the easiest way to do it is just create it as normal and then send it to a multi-sig address. But there would be some uh, additional ways to create a multi-sig asset, which is... I'm not going to go into because that sounds like fun. <laughs> now, PageScript hash, is it reverse compatible? Meaning, is the lowercase r um, address going to be able to send uh, assets or Ravencoin to the capital uh, R? Yes. Yeah, so you can you can transfer between the two as you would normally. Um, yeah, the, the, the only thing that changes for those addresses are the way that those transactions get signed off. Beautiful. So yeah, so that's very important, man. That's very important. People need to know this because that's the that's going to be the concern when they're when they're faced with oh, I got two addresses. Are they even cross compatible? Nobody knows. Uh, people, we need we need to bring more awareness to this uh, to the community that when this happens, that yes, they are they are um, uh, they are cross compatible. There is um, that ability to move those assets in between those wallets without having any concern about that. And IPFS will not be affected. Um, if anything, P2SH will be a benefit to the Ravencoin uh, project uh, in the near future and the, and the far future because it's going to allow more projects to be built on uh, thereafter. Perfect. LSJIO7, a.k.a. Leeton Webb, husband, father, and protector. Thank you, sir, for being on the podcast. Where can uh, the community reach out to talk to, uh, talk with you? Because you're obviously one of those guys that knows a lot about Ravencoin, and I'm sure there can be a lot of people who want to ask you more questions. So the the username is you can contact us on Twitter or Discord, and the username works uh, lsji07. Um, yeah, and I'm happy to help where I can. The other place to find us is uh, Raven underscore Angels. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, the people who die in need, we will find you because <laughs> we want to help. Perfect. Well, thank you again, sir, for being on the podcast. I appreciate you coming on a Sunday, especially when you showed up 16 hours early, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> Gotta be thank keen. You, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. All right. With that said, okay. cut the knots. Until next time.
stack sats and huddle adios